You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Testing one, two, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. It's hump day. Woo! And uh, today we're going to be talking with one of my favorite guests, Mr. Lucas Psycho. I've known this dude for a very long time, and uh, he is just a, a bow hunting enthusiast and it, you can even peel it back a couple more layers and you can say the dude just loves nature. He loves the outdoors. He loves celebrating the outdoors, a.k.a. bow hunting uh, and just hunting in general with his friends, with his family. And really, when you think about it, that is the kind of people that we need in this in this space, in this community of ours that just love to to, to spread the good word, that love to participate in it, that love to do it, uh, to participate with other people in it, and uh, uh, it's a really good conversation today. Man, what do we get into today? Uh, let me pull up some of the notes that I have here. Um, so every year, Lucas holds a, a North Dakota opening weekend bow hunting camp at his house or somewhere up by where he lives. And this year he had a, you know, a whole group of people come up just like he always does. And, and they ran into some pretty good deer and you'll hear the story of that. Uh, we talk about what is hunting. That's a kind of a, a topic, a, a gray area, right? What is, what is actually hunting, especially in this world today that we live in with all the technology, with all the management that goes on. Um, is some of that stuff hunting? I don't know. Let's talk about it. Um, and then we talk about rules and regulations. We talk about, um, you know, I, I, this one's basically for me, but I respond to hunting in Iowa is easy. And uh, I, I comment on that a little bit. Other than that, uh, man, we talk about the strategy that went into this season. We talk about, you know, communicating with other hunters. We talk about the terrain, the landscape in which he hunts and breaks down uh, basically the rest of his season where we find out, you know, is he going to connect on uh, another buck or a different buck, I should say, in, uh, in the upcoming months there in North Dakota. So it's kind of a BS session, uh, session, but we do talk, talk about that opening weekend quite a bit. Uh, love having Lucas on the show, man. Uh, he's a guy that I haven't hunted with and I want to hunt with him. I want to go on a hunt with a dude. So Lucas, I know you're listening. Let's, let's plan a hunt. Let's let it, let's plan a hunt. 
something something different. Let's do something different, and uh, let's go out there and, and get the job done on a bow hunt for sure. You know, so all right, let's do that. And uh, what else, man? Next ten days, it's crazy. So all winter long or all summer long here in Iowa, we had man hardly any rain, and now here it is September. Crops are already brown, and we're getting ten days of straight rain right now. Which, you know, rain is rain and it's good whenever we can get it. But man, I just kind of wish we had some of that rain in July and August. Anyway, uh, hopefully uh, driving through the countryside the other day, crops are starting to come out. Uh, if they're not already combining like for shell corn, they've they've done silage already on some of these fields. Beans are, are looking brown. And uh, especially in the area that I'm at, crops are going to be out early this year if the weather stays nice nice enough for these uh farmers so rains rains in the forecast that's a good thing it'll uh it always helps it all helps and i'm looking forward to this upcoming season man i'll be honest and i I cover this and i don't know if i talked to lucas about this recently but i talked to um, uh, a couple buddies about this and feel like just like the mature bucks and it it could be the crops are are all still in but i only have two shooter deer on camera across two one on each property this year and my main farm which had like a bazillion it felt like shooters last year there's only one this year and he's not regular so you know i got i got uh cell cams on these farms set up in what I would consider really good pinch points, really good areas, and they're just not triggering. And I think two of them might be down because uh, they took so many pictures in a short period of time that the batteries finally died, and I got to get back out there and uh, put some new batteries in. But man, uh, like, even even then, you know, once every three, four days, I should have a like a three or a four year old walk in front of my cameras not this year and so i'm not sure what the deal is there has been some reports because it's been so dry of people finding some either ehd i'm guessing ehd deer i don't know i don't find that many deer on the farms that i actually hunt but i don't know man uh could be who knows it's happened in the past and uh you know on a really dry year and i hope i hope that's not the case because i was hoping to go in to this uh season all guns blazing all high hopes hopefully they're just in the corn or on a different farm and then as the crops start to come out they reposition into the uh the farms that i hunt that's the that's the hopes anyway who knows uh commercials let's get into today's commercials real quick and i really do want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to download the nine finger chronicles listening to it on the sportsman's empire podcast network and i really want to you know take an opportunity to just say thank you because it allows me to live my dream uh every time you listen uh you know and and taking time to listen to the people who pay me which are the sponsor the sponsored commercials that you're you're getting ready to listen to man so go to itunes leave a five-star review let everybody know that you love the nine finger chronicles man that helps me out and i i truly would benefit from it so thank you very much 
Okay. Uh, Code Blue Sense, man. Um, I am really looking. I got them out. All right. I got the I got the rope dope mock scrapes out, and I'm really looking forward to seeing if any of them have been used. And so I should find that out in the next. Man, today is. I'm recording this on Tuesday, September 19th. So my goal is to hunt each farm one time in early October just to go out, check trail cameras, make sure everything is in the right position, and then disappear off those properties until the rut hits. Hopefully, my and I really hope that the, uh, the rope-a-dopes that I've hung are starting to get used. Deer are visiting them. And I'm hoping that it allows me to get, uh, you know, I put one, two, one, two, three, four of them, four of the five are within shooting distances from my, uh, from my uh, tree stands or the trees that I'll be hanging in, whether it's a tree stand or a saddle. And so I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, they start to get used. Deer come in to check them and check them regu- regularly. And man, that would be sweet if I could get uh, some deer to come in there and uh, shoot them over one of those mock scrapes. I mean, there's some guys out there who live and die by them. And uh, that's, that's why I started messing around with them. And that's Code Blue, right? So go to CodeBlueSense.com, read up on, take a look at the Rope-A-Dope uh, mock scrape system. Take a look at their synthetics. They have real deer urine and uh, they have all of the other scent elimination products like laundry detergent and scent sprays that uh, are out too. So CodeBlueSense.com, discount code NFC20. And that's going to allow you to get a 20% discount on any Code Blue Sense. Next on the list, I just used this the other day again, the Woodman's Pal. I had uh, in some landscaping that I have, and when I mean landscaping, I mean it's been there for a very long time, and I don't ever maintain it. So I took the old Woodman's Pal to uh, to some of these bushes that seem to grow 10 feet in a single year, and that are like overpowering my decorative bushes I guess you would say and so I got in there with the woodman's pal chopped them out I went and cleared out some trail camera lanes a couple weeks ago and hacked up all of the you know all the bushes that could trigger you know like have false triggers and clean that out so it is a really really durable well-made habitat tool looks like a machete Um, I'm going to keep one in my pack I'm going to keep one in my truck and that way, in case I need something like that, uh, I can use one. And they are made in America. They've been a company since 1941. And so go to woodmanspal.com and ch- check out all the, you know, all the really cool things about that product. Last but not least, Huntworth, my friends, if uh, you haven't yet, you need to go and check out huntworthgear.com and uh, go check out all of the products they have. I have a box that I need to sort through um, and pick out all of the gear that I'm going to be using for my upcoming hunts, specifically my Western hunts. I mean, that's my first scheduled hunt. I know I'm going to have a couple uh, early October hunts here in Iowa just, you know, just to knock the rust off of my saddle approach and putting myself in the right position to, um, uh, putting myself in the right position to, you know, shoot a deer. And so... 
what am I trying to say here? Huntworth. Awesome gear. I mean, very high quality, very affordable compared to the other elite brands of camo out there. Go read up on the early season, you know, the base layers. They got it all. And so that's, uh, uh, you know, just go to the Huntworth website and check it out. Last but not least, no, that's it. That That's it. Oh, by the way, I'm getting ready to, I'll make the announcement right now. It's nothing really big and official. Uh, I am getting ready to launch a brand new company called Full Sneak Gear. It's called Full Sneak. And it's going to be an apparel company, kind of like a lifestyle brand. You know, there's other people that are opening uh, that opening those up as well and i just want to throw my hat in the ring it's going to be some t-shirts with some kick-ass designs Um, i'm going to start the company slow with only a couple products that's where you're going to be able to find the nine finger chronicles hat when it comes out but really what i'm doing is i'm going to start trickling new products into it you know every month or every couple weeks just just so i don't you know Really, the reason I'm going slow is budgeting. And from from a business standpoint, I'm going to grow the business really slow. And then I'm going to get to a point where I can drop some bombs on you. And then you guys can go go buy that stuff. So uh, be sure I I have the... It's going to be fullsneakgear.com. It's not up yet. There's nothing for sale yet, but that's what it's going to be. And as soon as I get my hat made, as soon as I get my first shirt made, uh, go there, buy millions and millions of dollars of it so I can put that money back into the company and come out with some really kick-ass gear for, uh, you know, for the whole, like, the whole, Everything outside of the tree stand is really what I'm trying to think. There's enough hunting gear brands out there, but I'm talking hoodies, I'm talking t-shirts, I'm talking hats, you know, stuff to stuff that's really, really good quality so that when you take your, your uh, wife on a date, you can wear a really nice t-shirt, a really nice hat, and then you can drop a bomb on her and let her know that you're going to be gone for the entire month of November. So, uh, okay, fullsneakgear.com, it's, that's coming. Other than that, man, I've talked too long. Let's get into today's episode with my man, Lucas Psycho. Three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today we are joined by special guest, Whitetail Nut, hunting enthusiast, Lucas Psycho. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Dan? Going good, man. Going how's good. How's everything over there? It's going good, man. Finally. Great state, of, great state of Iowa over there. Yeah, finally the heat broke. And, man, we've been having, like, I don't know, uh, mornings now in the high 40s. And it's got me jonesing to get in a tree. Yeah, 100%, man. Same up here. Yeah. All right. Um I think today what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to kind of skip the BS session and we're going to get right into the deer hunting uh, talk today. And um, uh, what what happened was we were recording this and we had a really good flow and then we had some Wi-Fi connections. uh, And so this is like our this is our second attempt at uh, trying to kick off this episode. That shit happens all the time. So um I want to talk, I want to get into 
a little bit about what we talked about during the uh, the first go around, and that was somebody like I don't know. Did you read it somewhere, or did someone reach out to you and tell you that it was easy? Like hunting is easy up in North Dakota compared to where they were, or, or how did that all come about? Well, I I think it's it's probably all perspective too. Like it's just a general thing that you, you hear. You listen to different podcasts and stuff over you know, over time. And, and, uh, you know, it's probably more of, uh, what's potentially there in particular, in, in, in several States across the country, what's there to actually kill what's possible. What's what lives there. Right. That's probably more of, of the pr- perspective, but you know, people might be loose with their words or, or however, and just kind of make it sound like, well, they're just everywhere up in those areas, whether it's Iowa or, Illinois or wherever it might be, mm-hmm. Kansas, North Dakota, you know, whatever. And I, I don't know that, I don't know that that's, that's, that's the, the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you know, I think it makes a big deal that, that big deer live in certain States more so than others, you know, and if there's maybe more of them out there, I won't ever deny that. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a, one of those things, Folks think like, well, if a guy's success, they anyway, successful year and after year after year, and um, that you know, people think like, wow, you know, like it's got to be, it's got to be something maybe a little bit easier than others, you yeah. know, and yeah. and so, yeah, just one of those things, yeah. but uh, a lot but, goes into it, and that's and that's where I, where I would say, of course, of course it is. If if you're in Pennsylvania or Michigan and you're looking at me in Iowa, and and you're saying, man dude, it's mm-hmm. God, it looks, it looks so easy in Iowa. It is compared to your, your scenario. And then the other yeah. thing that makes it easy is the amount of experience guys like us have put into this craft, like the hours and hours of scouting. And I don't, I, I should say hundreds to maybe thousands of hours of scouting in our lifetime hundreds and possibly thousands of hours in a tree stand actually hunting and failing all the time. And so right. when it wasn't easy back then, but for me now I'm like, it's easier than what it was. Uh, and, and there's years mm-hmm. like, so like, I, I don't know about you. How many years in a row have you killed now? I, well, I've never not punched my bow tag since 20, since I was like 14, 14. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh-huh. you're on a serious, you know, you're on a serious yeah. uh, heater. right? And not now. all those, are, not all those are giants, you know, yeah. by any means, you know, yeah. young bucks, you know, growing up, working my way up the, the old totem pole, you know, to get to older and bigger deer. Yeah. But, but it took you, it took you time to get to that, that point. Right. Yeah. 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 Serious, serious time. Yep. Yeah. And so when someone tells me, oh, it must be, it's got to be easier. Well, yeah, it probably is easier than hunting, you know, public land right outside of Detroit, Michigan, where hundreds of other people go or whatever, or you hear the horror stories. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, it is, it is easier when there's way less people in these environments and there is no public land in the state of Iowa. I mean, there's hardly any compared to the whole state. Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it is easier if you, if you, but I still had to go through this gigantic learning curve in order to make it look easy. Cause right. I mean, the better you get at something, the, the easier it looks. Do you think Kobe Bryant or Tom Brady, 
You know, those guys make it look like they're not even trying. They're so good at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when, you know, those guys, it's just, it's just, it's, it's all that time, time put towards it, man. It's yeah. the time nobody else is doing, right. They're right. waking up early. You know, it's, it's all of it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and like you said, the, it's not only the experience, it's the experience in the area you're hunting, mm-hmm. you know, you get to know these places. Like, mm-hmm. like you might as well live there, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you spend enough time in them over the years, you, you hunt them with other people that feel got different perspectives and you start bringing in everything from, you know, maybe a generation above you that's hunted certain areas. And I pick the brains of others, other killers in this area all the time. You know, every, anytime I run into a guy that I know is like, oh, this guy is, he's been around, you know, and I'll just pick his brain about the movement right there. I'll meet him on the riverbank or something and be like, Hey, you know, what do you think about, you know, how is this, how's this usually been like this in this area? And, mm-hmm. you know, has it always been like this? What happened when the water was lower or higher? And, you know, yeah. and it's just a constant, constant learning curve that you're trying to, you know, give, give every advantage to gather as much information, you yeah. know, and there's just so much that goes into it. I'll tell you this, man, I can remember back in the white knuckle production days, I'd show up at Todd's house. And um, it would be like noon or one o'clock in the afternoon on like early October. It's pretty hot outside. And I'm just like, hey, uh, let's go. Let's go hunting. I don't care. I'll film you. You film me. And let's both go to our, uh, our separate places, whatever. But let's go hunting. And he's like, dude, right. he just he didn't seem interested in it at that time. But then what I learned, uh-huh. you know, like I, I learned over time is that if you know your property really, really well and you know how deer move not only on a daily basis, but throughout the entire year, there are points in time where you just don't need to get excited to go hunting, like go do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You get, and, and, and guys that guys that I've hunted with that have, you know, have come up and wanted to experience this stuff. Sometimes it's hard for them to understand that type of thing, you yeah. know, like, cause it's just, it's just a, it's one of those things you, you, you almost just get a feel for it. Mm-hmm. And to explain it to someone can be extremely tough. Yeah. You know, and you can just go just, you know, you can kind of come up with all the scenarios that you've seen in the past and kind of, you know, lay examples out, but until they were to absolutely like be there through the years and everything and feel everything that was going down, you know? Yeah. And that's why I, I give kudos to guys who are, public land guys, but go out of state and have continued success because they don't live in that state. Like you take Mm -hmm. me, you take me out of this environment and you put like, uh, I've been going to South Dakota for several years to try to chase a mule deer and it's not easy. Um, especially if you're not out there living in that environment. So basically what I'm doing is I'm taking five to six days out of an entire year and hoping it all comes together. Right. I, I do my scouting. I collect my data over the years and whatnot, but it's, that's, that to me is, it's impressive when someone can take the principles in out of their own state or what they're currently doing in where they live and then transfer them to other pieces, whether they're just like, I don't know, from Iowa to Illinois or from Iowa Mm -hmm. to North or South Dakota in a completely different terrain set. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's, there's a, there's every state is, is so it's, it's got its own thing, you know, and I've only hunted a handful of them. And and so it's, I got a lot of traveling to do in my day yet before I'm finished, you know, 
like my life situation just hasn't catered to running around outside of you know the the, the neighboring states you know yeah. the right here close to me you know mm-hmm. um, do a lot of coaching and during during you know the fall and winter and stuff with with sports so some of it just you just don't have the time to go but yeah. um someday someday definitely you know gonna gonna hit hit stuff like that harder and maybe a little bit more in the next few next few years but um but yeah it's it's you're right it it it's just one of those one of those deals where, you know, if you can take what you know where you live and apply it somewhere else, great. But I'll bet there's going to be a lot of different things that you're yeah. going to encounter, and they're going to be like head scratchers, yeah. you know? Yep, so. absolutely. It's all on how you uh, adjust when you get out to those those types of places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think the most important thing a guy can do if you go out of state, just grind, man. Yeah. Like. You, you got to accept that it's going to get tough and it, it, you got to just think outside the box, do everything you can, you know, yeah. network with like, whoever you can network with, you know, make phone calls, you know, knock on doors, whatever, get as much Intel as you can go out there, get out after it. You're going to, you're going to be able to hunt that place the next year or the next year after the next year after you're just going to get better at it. Yeah. And your success may come two or three years down the road in that place. Right. You know, right. That's a fact. All right, so um, I want to talk about <laughs> your season so far, which has been really good, uh, I would say. Uh, my question, though, very what? Very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so river bottom guy, right? And a lot of the times, yep. uh, water level has an impact on how you hunt, where you hunt, your access routes, all that stuff. Um, why don't you set the stage for this season by talking a little bit about the water levels and maybe what else you did to prepare for this upcoming season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I guess, you know, we know where I want to start. It's kind of a funny story. Let's Just do a quick funny story. And because I think this happens to guys, I'm not, I'm not the only one, but I can be a little bit of a oblivious guy. Like I just yeah. kind of just one year after year, this or that, I don't pay attention to everything that's coming out, which I should as far as regulations and mm-hmm. everything. So I went out, I went out and this is no secret. I've told a lot of people about it already and dealt with it. But uh, I went out like a week before, uh, like it was like the 13th or 14th of August to hang trail cameras. Yeah. Well, I go out there and hang one camera. I'm headed back to my truck. Game warden gives me a text or a call. And I missed it. And then he texted me, Hey, give me a shout. There's a guy I know. We know each other, yep. you know, back and forth. We've talked plenty, you know, so we know each other. So I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what, wonder what he needed. So I, I call him and I'm just about back to my truck. He's like, Hey, uh, can you wait by your truck for me? I, I'm just coming out of the woods. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So he comes walking up. Uh, he's got a couple of cameras in his hand, uh, cell cameras. And I was like, uh, uh, he, he's like, hey, uh, you putting out cameras today? I said, yeah, I said I put out one. And he's like, oh, you're a bit early yet. Uh, quite a bit early. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like, 
He's like, oh, you can't have them out till the 20th. And okay. I was like, okay, uh, yeah, kind of news to me. He's like, what did you think it was? I was like, to be honest, I thought it was a month prior to season and a month after season, and that was your 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 equipment dates. Yeah. In that inside that was, that's just an assumption that's just yeah. been that way. Like, but he said, oh yeah, it's the last couple of years. You know, last couple of years he said something like it was. I don't even I haven't looked into like when it changed, but it's just like it is what it is now. So yeah. it's not going to change anything. But so he comes up and he's telling me that, and he's like, so you got one camera out, and he's like, these ones aren't yours, and I was like, no, those aren't mine. You know, um, he's like, you sure? There's one padlock back there. He's like, is that one yours? I'm like, no, nope, not mine. And uh, he's like, okay, well, uh, um, we're gonna have to take we're gonna have to take care of this. I was like, absolutely. You know, it's been it's only been up for like 15 minutes, so obviously, yeah. you know, like we can go get the dang thing, whatever. And so he was cool about it. Uh, you know, yeah. I paid a hundred, I paid the hundred dollar fine for putting okay. it out. It's a hundred dollars per, per camera. But, um, it's just one of those, one of those deals where, uh, every now and then a guy just gets, gets caught with like, Hey, you didn't read the regs. Like you didn't update yourself. Yeah. So I'll, I will say that to everybody. Like, Hey, if you think you know him, maybe just go and review before season because yeah. That one caught me completely off guard. Yeah, that, that I talked to a lot of other other local guys here that hunt a lot and use cameras a lot, and I just gave them all heads up because I was like, I don't know if you guys know this, but and like ninety five percent of guys didn't know it. Oh yeah. So it just kind of just changed, and nobody even paid attention to it. Yeah. So, dude, I'll tell you this right now, and they change every single year. Um, yeah. I think that I am on. There's one state I get, I get, um, man, it's one of the states that I've hunted. I forget which one it is. I'd have to dig through my emails, but anyway, mm-hmm. they, they send out amendments, uh, yep. like reminders, Hey, check out the new re- regulations, but they send them in big block text and they're not, they're not bullet pointed. They're not highlighted. And so if they think people are going to read through that, they're, <laughs> they're wrong, but at yeah. the same time it is the responsibility of the hunter to make sure mm-hmm. that those are, but it sucks, man. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's not like you're out there poaching or anything, but it is, it, uh, it, yeah. it, 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 it is a reminder to make sure you check all your rules and regulations. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's wild, man. Uh, the, the whole, the whole thing is, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't disagree with it at all, but like the only thing I would say with that rule here in North Dakota is if, if you put, if you push that to, you know, 10 days before season opens, um, now all I can think of is that 10 days prior to opener, the woods get flooded with people. And now the opening, the opener of season gets that dampening of, Hey, the woods just all of a sudden got super busy. The deer just go lock it, lock it in. They're like, they're coming, you know, yeah. it's, they're not stupid. And so that if there was one argument I had with that was in which it, it wasn't the game warns, you know, fault by any means, you know, but um, it's just like, I don't know if that thought was, was taken into effect there. Like, yeah. You know, um, you know, maybe we don't want everybody running around in the woods 10 days or the two weekends prior to opener, you yeah. know, just all at once. Cause, cause some of these areas are heavy, heavily hunted, lots of guys hitting them. And if you get everybody going at once, I mean, it's going to put a, and and it did this this opener was the slowest toughest opener i've ever i've ever encountered by far Be, it was slow because of a lot of pressure in the previous days 
and if that was it, that was it. But we, we also just, the deer numbers are just, you know, we, we're just not recovering from, you know, that, that spout of EHD a couple of years ago, you know, um, you know, really low fawn numbers from what we've seen, you know, I'm talking to other guys around here. Um, I know we got a coyote issue. I, there's, we saw coyotes almost every day, you know, as opposed to in that, which generally seems pretty odd, you know, like you see a coyote, you're, you know, it's especially just daylight, just running around. It's yeah. not real common, you know, just, and you're not seeing very far when you're bow hunting number one. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was odd. I don't know if that's a, that's a mixture of it, you know, and then all the traffic and people in there all at one time yeah, possibly play. Well, I, here's what I'll say is you and the people of North Dakota actually, and this is my opinion, actually have a, a, a say in possibly changing that rule. So if you band mm-hmm. together with enough yep. of your buddies and say, hey, listen, what? why can't I have it? Now, is it cell cameras or is it all trail cameras? It's, 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 it's all, yeah, it's all, all equipment. All equipment. Yeah. We, so, yeah, and that that might be just trail cam, though. I, I think I got to go check that because I don't know if they changed that from all equipment 10 days prior and then and then you used to get uh, uh, a 30 days or whatever it was after season closed to get all your stuff out. Yeah. But, um, it's something to refresh a, a guy's memory if you're hunting North Dakota and just, uh, go take, to go check on it. But, yep. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, one way or the other, yeah. one way or the other, I, I really don't, you know, I know States are starting to ban, you know, cell cams and I know that's a big topic running around and wouldn't break my heart if we did that, you yeah. know, it just wouldn't, yeah. you know, um, I was having a talk with my taxidermist last night and he's old school. He's been around forever around here. And, and, uh, he was making some really good points and, 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 uh, with technology and how far it's come and, and maybe we're just getting too good at killing deer with our bows. And mm-hmm. I think that we're not tracking it. That's the thing up here. Yeah. And I think he and I talked at in depth about like how, you know, we, we need to somehow, and he's not going to fight the battle. He's just had it. He's, he's, he's tried to in the past to get involved and, you know, he just, uh, it's just, it's really tough to, your patience is tested very, very much. So when yeah. you're trying to get involved with these things and so, you know, it's more for the younger generation, myself, you know, and other guys coming up that, you know, we have the energy and the push and, and we have, we have it to lose too, you right. know, like if things start don't get better and they just continuously get more, I guess, open, right. Where it's just like, we get to use cell, cell cams and there's no, there's, it's just, it's, it gets a little weird to be honest with the cell cam thing. Yeah. Um, it, to be able to get a picture of a deer and then you could literally, like, if you live, live where I live, like I could be on top of some of these deer in five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, I really could. And so I just don't know about that. Yeah. I, don't, I definitely don't use them that way. You know, I've used them. I'm not going to say I don't, but if they were to take them away, by, by, so be it. I, I'd be happier, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, I mean, I use them in places I just don't want to enter. That's it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's what I do. And, yeah. but. All of my, all of my cell cams are over an hour away. And so. Yeah. And I, that's, I think that type of situation is, that's the thing. It's so hard to put in a box. Yeah. There's so many different, so many different situations out there guys got farms outside of states that are you know or whatever six seven ten hours 20 hours away and how are you going to check those yeah you know and that's whatever you know and that's 
I mean, whether it's cell cams or it's trail cameras, I mean, even before, like once I started using trail cameras, I'll be completely honest with you. I started killing bigger, bigger caliber deer straight up only, only because I knew what deer were around. And so it's a lot easier yep. to pass a three-year-old when you know <laughs> how many four-year-olds, five-year-olds, however many are around. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and I would say that I may not have the same standards if I wasn't able to use trail cameras. Like, I mean, this past year I passed, I passed a couple 145 class four-year-olds a couple of them Mm -hmm. i may not have passed those deer if i didn't have trail cameras out knowing what was what was in the area and so i don't know man i the here's what here's what i i say is just go out and hunt your own hunt because if you i mean you look at how especially here in iowa how people hunt Mm -hmm. it is have a property plant food plots sit in a box blind um, you know, yes, there's the running gun crowd and things like that, but that's usually, but for most of the people in Iowa, they, they have access to private where they're able to manipulate the habitat and they can go in there and they plant food plots or, uh, you know, uh, the habitat work and they have the cell cams over it. So they know exactly what specific deer are doing almost all day long. You want to hear, yeah. you want to hear a number? You want to hear a number that I, uh, a rumor that I heard? I'm not going to say who it is, mm-hmm. but there is uh, some people out there who use a lot of cell cams to track their deer across all their properties. And I heard that their monthly cell, phone, uh, cell camera bill was $3,500 a month. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wow. What? <laughs> like, like what? You know, I mean, it just, just blows my mind, man. I pay and I, and I think I ha- I'm crazy for spending a hundred dollars a month on yeah. however many cell cameras I have. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, That's crazy. I, I, <laughs> That's a house payment. Two house payments. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. And yeah, they maybe only do that for, you know, three months out of the year or whatever, but it's still a lot of money. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a lot of cameras. It's a lot of surveillance. It's a, you know, it's, yeah. I, I'm not judging it by any means. I mean, like you said, it's to guy, you know, guy you trust to do what he, what he, what he, if it's legal, it's legal. So, I mean, do what yeah. a guy needs to do. Right. I mean, yeah. some guys just have zero time. They have zero time yeah. to do anything outside of getting out once a year to hang the cameras. They put their solar panels up on them. They don't have to touch them and they just go, all right, if I'm going to have a very minimal amount of time to go hunting, I got to make sure I have that one day or two or three or four a year that I feel extremely like very, very confident. Like, okay, he's there. That one's happening. It's, it's pattern. It's, he's moving around in that area often. 
and they yeah. go in and there and they have a good hunt and they kill and they they're happy and their family's happy and it's it works it's there it's just man like i said that <laughs> putting it in a box is so hard too yeah you know um okay i just googled what mm-hmm. I, I just googled what is hunting Okay, and so uh, according to the Oxford Dictionary, hunting is the activity of hunting wild animals or game, especially for food or sport. Okay, Um, Mm -hmm. okay, so that's that's hunting. Says it's an activity. The activity of hunting is manage. I want to hear your your thoughts on this. Is Mm -hmm. managing. Let's just say a thousand acres of food, like food plots, timber stand improvement, a habitat improvement, um, cell cameras all over the properties, uh, you know, documenting every deer, knowing where they bed right now all day long, like having it mapped out food all year round like every decision you make on that that thousand acres is for deer mm-hmm. then you go and uh october 1st comes and you can start to hunt right is that hunting that's the wildest question out there right now isn't it dan i think so man that's, that's like one of the i mean it, it is i, I know to, to, to answer that it's like like you said, I think it. I think it comes down to whoever's doing it and what their perspective is. Yeah, and what they want and what they have available, and you know their whole their whole life situation, right? Some right. guys, some guys, that land is handed down from generation to generation to generation. And I'll tell you what, if I had even five hundred acres handed down to me, I guarantee you, I would be getting into the same thing, doing the same stuff because yeah. I think it is a fun thing to do, and I yeah. think that's why. People do it is it's extremely fun to create this magical habitat where these deer get to grow up to be something that's you know mind-blowing to most people yeah and i i can respect that now is it something that i'm interested in like right now and and you know the way i grew up and and how everything happened for me mm-hmm. no yeah it's not something i want to do i have the opportunity to do it on on a private piece I choose not to do it. Yeah. You know, I know the guy, he, he, he's the most, he's the most friendly guy. He has all the equipment. He's asked me before if I ever wanted to do anything and, you know, use the equipment or whatever. He said, go for it. I choose not to. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I like to go in there without having any play in what's going on with the deer. That's just, that's how I like to be, you know, and, and it has nothing to do with, you know, looking down or, 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 you know, I have good, good friends that do this, you yeah. know, that go out and take care of their properties. Really good friends, really great guys, you know, love them to death. And, you know, and I've had them invite me to come to their places and hunt and stuff like that. And it doesn't quite intrigue me very much. It just right. doesn't, you know. Right. I would do it just to have a good memory with them alone, yeah. you know. I would do that just because that's the reason, though, yeah. is to go and be with them, hang out with them, see their property and see what they do and get a feel for what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I I just, you know, I wish I could sit here and spit statistics out and say, this is the direction hunting is going. But I just, my gut, my gut feelings just keep going down the direction of a pay to play, raise the, Mm -hmm. you know, the, 
the tags are going to get higher in some states. The, yeah. you know, access is only going to be limited to um, people who are allowed, you know, who have the the land, who, who own land. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, like, especially in Iowa, man, I every single year I see it or I hear about it where a, a piece of land is sold and um, it's sold to maybe a non-resident or someone who's not from that area. And, and I don't know shit. Right. I don't know shit about land, man. Like other than what my grandpa mm-hmm. taught me about it as you know, he was, they were farmers and, mm-hmm. and I just feel like there's all these layers that are, are not good that are, pushing hunting in the direction of having to pay for it. Like if you want to go on a hunt, you're going to have to use an outfitter or you're going to have like the, the local yeah. boy knocking on doors to get permission. That's all going bye-bye. That's just my gut feeling. I know. I, I agree, man. Like I worry about it. <laughs> I was talking to talking to, like I said, my taxidermist last night. And I said, man, I'm worried about, I'm worried about the, the, the direction of everything. Just like you said, like, I, 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 I struggle back and forth with technology and, and where everything's going and the success rate of bow hunters and, and, and everything that, you know, he, he made the comment he's like, ban all trail cameras, make everybody hunt with a recurve and we'll see, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, and, and this is just me. I wouldn't even bat an eye at it. I'd pick I just, up a that's recurve. Just yeah. I would just, I would embrace it like full heartedly. Like, you know, yeah. I just would. And, and I don't know, it, there's this, it's just a super complex thing. And I, I really do fear for what you're saying is yeah. like, you're gonna, you're gonna, there's not going to be the opportunity I grew up with. No. And I grew up with having endless amounts of public land to hunt and run yeah. around on and explore me and my buddies, yeah. you know, and that's where it's, that's where it starts, right? It starts where kids can go out and, and struggle. Yeah. I don't think there's enough struggle in it anymore. No. You can just give a get a kid hooked up with a crossbow or or a, a, a nice compound and they're shooting like ridiculously well and you can put them in a box or a ground blind or whatever and over a food and, plot, you know. And and and, and you, they can just have it so easy. Yeah. And, and and I don't know if that grabs them, you know? Like I remember struggling so bad. Like just but when things went well, it was so worth it at that point because it was like holy cow, I actually, I actually almost had one yeah. or, you know, whatever the case is. And I just, you know, I just think that that struggle is so important just, yeah. with, just as a human being in general. Oh yeah. You just hear from anybody that's successful, anybody. Yeah. And, they embrace that. They look back on that time of struggle as their favorite moment ever. Yeah. Or time. Yeah. And, and to elaborate on that, you said, you know, running around on public and having all those opportunities, man, yep. When I was, thir- uh, man, I started knocking on doors when I was like 13, 14 years old, okay? And I got mm-hmm. yeses from just about anybody. Maybe because yeah. I was a kid yeah. and I was, unass- you know, like unassuming, like this kid's yeah. not going to do shit with his, you know, his $15 <laughs> bow or whatever it was that I had, right. you know? And so yeah. they knew like, uh, he's not going to be going too hard, but like from 14 to 26, you know, 20, you know, maybe even 30, I was able to knock on a ton of doors and, Mm -hmm. and just be like, Hey, can I hunt your property? Oh yeah, absolutely. Come on out, you know, come on and hunt. And you in, in Iowa, you can't do that anymore. 
I mean, there's especially yeah. in, the, in the in the eastern and southern part of the state, every single it's owned by someone. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's a zero percent chance, but it's very low because yeah. the cat's out of the bag, man. There's money to be made from whitetails, and if you're a yeah. farmer who doesn't hunt, why not make some extra money selling hunts or having yeah. an outfitter run it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and you can't blame them. No, you, you can't, can't blame them. You can't blame them. And because that, that's exactly what happens, you yeah. know, 15-year-old, you know, Joe, Joe goes and walks up and asks for permission, gets permission in the, in the off-season, you know. Mm-hmm. The other guy comes in with $3,500 to offer, yep. says, hey, I'd like to just hunt this place exclusively. And even if it's just for the month of November or something, yeah. you know, they do that too. And and now now that kid or kids, sometimes it's a group or whatever, or not even a kid, just some guy. You know, yeah. doesn't have the doesn't have the for you know the fortune to have the the money to do it. You yeah. know, all he can do is knock on a door, and yeah. so um, yeah, it get, it gets it gets it gets uh, super complex, man. Like when you think about it, it's just it's it's so hard. Yeah, it's so hard to figure out what is the right answer. Right, is there one? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, man. I just hope that the people who have a lot of sway. Uh, and the people who make some of these big decisions, whether that is po- uh, politicians, whether it's the Department of Natural Resources, whether it's people within the hunting community and in the hunting industry, I just hope at the at the time they look at the future of hunting and not necessarily how much money can be made from it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and the question that comes to mind for me is, does it have a future without the money attached? Yeah, that's that's the that's the that's the shitty question. Yeah, like, and it's like I have to say that it, if it doesn't have value, it's like it doesn't matter anymore in this world, you know, yeah. where it's going, and that's the sad part. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think it true. does. Uh, that's where I'm optimistic, right? Yeah. I feel like yeah. if the hunting, the hunting media side of things collapsed mm-hmm. and there was no more no more hunting on youtube there was no more mm-hmm. hunting on you know uh the outdoor channel that all went bye-bye you know yeah. uh, carbon tv yeah. it all went bye-bye i'm still hunting you're still hunting i'm still hunting we're still hunting right it's everybody's just... still gonna hunt they just can't yeah. they can't enjoy it from an entertainment standpoint yeah yeah yeah, you just you just gotta yeah you gotta wonder you gotta wonder. I'd like to see I'd like to see the movement of all the money you know yeah. and and yeah. see what uh, you know I've heard you know states put certain taxes like a penny tax or something on every single thing that's bought with that goes you know anything re- remotely close to hunting or fishing and whatnot yeah. and it just they, there's just that little simple thing it doesn't seem like much but at the end of the day uh, you know it, it it adds up to be a massive amount you know and. Yeah. I think there's ways to do it where if, if, if money is what it takes, well, we figure it out and get creative with it mm-hmm. and we make it so it doesn't taint 
the tradition of hunting. I hate calling it a sport. I don't know about you. I hate calling it a sport. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, I just, I just, I, I don't know. I've always had a problem with that, you know, yeah. for some reason. But it's more of a tradition to me. Like, and, and just, it's, it's kind of what we've, we've, because we don't have to do it to eat right now. Right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yep. You know, but, uh, you know, I hope we never see that day. But I think it's more of a, it's, it's, it's us getting in touch with where we come from. I think, yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with human nature. I mean, humans by nature are a competitive creature, right? Mm -hmm. We, we're not, we're, we're not only competitive, but we're, we're, I hate to say it. We're like bad. Mm -hmm. There's like bad things about humans. Mm -hmm. Like there is, there, there is love and there is kindness. There's a lot of that, but whenever there's money involved, you, you start to see greed like words like greed and jealousy and uh, you know, whatever, whatever, fill in, fill in the negative word. It can be, it's like so-and-so shot a big buck. Well, what did he do? How did he shoot it? Did he do it with the crossbow? Where, well, yeah, where, 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 yeah. Was he on a, was he on a, yeah. a, uh, outfitter, you know, like stroking mm-hmm. dick, you know, just like whatever, man. Oh, yeah. Like that needs to stop. Yep. And like, I, yep. I, I don't see it stopping because the the craze for big antlers, big antlers, yeah, big antlers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it, uh, you it's, know, it's crazy. That's that part of it, right? We're mm-hmm. chasing chasing these big bucks. They got big antlers and whatnot. But I don't sit around. I don't sit around my. I don't sit around my uh, living room in the basement where all my mounts are. And look at the antlers and and just admire the antlers. I I, I literally think of the hunt Absolutely. and who was there mm-hmm. when I recovered that deer. What was said then? Did I cry? Did what was the <laughs> whole situation? Right? Because yeah. I have I've cried over a couple. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one after Todd died, cried like a little baby. Yeah. You know, my dad was there. It was emotional. The yeah. whole thing. You know, and that's the stuff that I get emotional thinking about it, dude. Yeah. Like. That's, that's why I do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I do it because I want that, that feeling. I yeah. want that impact on me as yeah. a person, you know, and, and, and that's why I like to share with people, yeah. you know, and, and if, if there's anything like the, you know, I, I know I get criticism for having guys up from out of state, you know, I do, I get criticism. I get criticism for people who are here, you know, they're like, Oh, we're coming up and shooting all of our, all of our deer. I'm like, Oh my God. One guy out of every year maybe gets one, maybe. <laughs> We're most of the time watching deer. Yeah, you know we know how tough it is and make it happen in five six days. Yeah, you know, and and they're not. They're you know the guys are the guys are never allowed to shoot does. You know, like we just because the numbers aren't great. Yeah. So it's like you better be if you're coming up to hunt. Like you're coming up to hunt a mature deer. You know we're gonna go out and we're gonna work together and you know. Yep. I benefit from it just as much as anybody else. We more eyes out there, more intel. We we just have a great time, you yep. know. And we we sit and talk about when when they're all here. We sit and talk about how fortunate we are to be where we are, what we're doing yep. at that time, yep. you know. And it's it's never like it's never just like wow, we we didn't see any big bucks or we're not on big bucks or it's if it if we don't get a big buck, it's it's a lost cause. Yeah, it's never it's never that way. Yeah, and it shouldn't. Right. You know, to finish one of your thoughts on like the emotional side of it, like I, I, I honestly feel sorry for the people who hunt 
that don't get that jacked up moment after they shoot it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's people out there who are just like, you know, uh, who was I, I was listening to a documentary, uh, about Nick Saban in Alabama. And he was talking, mm -hmm. he was talking about how there's no such thing as an enjoyable win because wins are not supposed to be, wins are uh, expected. They're, it's not a celebration. It is expected to win. And a loss mm -hmm. is like a death in the family. Like uh, people yep. start talking trash and stuff like that. So, so if, man, I really feel sorry for the people who do not, who are going out and killing deer and they're just doing it either for a business or they're doing it for some kind of to make themselves some like seem legitimate or whatever the case may be, dude, that rush, all that work that we talked about earlier, all the scouting, yeah. all the time in the tree stand, it all comes down to a 30 second window, let's say. Yeah. And then yeah. how jacked you are in that 30 seconds. Like that's why we do it. The 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. the 10 sec the 15 seconds you see him walking in drop you know put an arrow through him and you see him go and tip over got you know hopefully mm -hmm. and that that moment of time and that high that you ride until you go and you put your hands on that animal for the first time i feel sorry for people who don't experience that man yeah it's 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 unlike anything else yeah. there's just you know i played in big sports games you know i <laughs> I've done all kinds of stuff like that. And I, you know, I've been to big events to, you know, whether it's UFC events and stuff like that. And like, nothing, nothing like, you know, and you see good things that happen, you know, in your life, but like, um, there's just something different right. about, about putting in, putting in the time, putting in the effort and, and succeeding on what you wanted to get out and do out there. Right. And then, and then the first thing that, the first thing that, that, is, is the best about that situation is who, who you, who you call yep. and who you text, who you sharing that, who are you sharing that with? Yep. Because I mean, that, that's, that's, that's stuff that's priceless. You're Absolutely. never going to get that. And, yeah. and I tell everybody, and I'll say it now, like, don't rush yourself. When, when that day comes, when you finally connect on something that you've been waiting for forever and you, and you've worked your ass off, don't rush through that night. Don't rush yeah. through that day. Yeah. Like, you need to slow down savor it. Uh, cause I've done it. I've done it, man. I've done it where you just get, you just get in a rush. You don't take the good pictures. You don't sit and you don't just sit and reflect on it. Mm -hmm. I make it a point to just sit with the deer and by myself, like, you know, yeah. just sit right there with the deer for a bit and just think about the whole thing. Yeah. You know, think about it all, man. Yep. And when you're with your friends, don't get in a rush to, you know, gut it as fast as possible and drag it out of the woods as fast as possible and get it over with as fast as possible. Cause all you're going to do is go to sleep. Yeah. And then that day's over. Yeah. You know, and, and I always wish to go back to it, yeah. you know, which is why I film, I film everything. Cause I like to, I review this stuff all the time, you know, yeah. and they only come around so often. So you might as well slow her down That's and, 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 and take it in, man. Take it, take the smells, everything, everything, take yeah. it all in. Yeah. Absolutely. So now <laughs> we got completely derailed there. I mean, for 40 minutes, right? Yeah, so, I know. So, I know. so now, okay. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about leading up. Obviously you had a little bit of a trail camera debacle there, but yeah. le leading yep. up to this season, lots of people in the woods, lots of pressure, slow, yep. um, 
talk to us a little bit about your your plans for this this opener so uh yeah b- big thing was we were go- going into it really in the dark really in the dark like we just i had that one good deer big big eight with a flyer you know had him on camera and uh he was and i got a picture of him like i think it was like the day before season you yeah. know finally got a picture of him and uh so knew of one good one i always i always knew there was going to be some somewhere you know it just more more so it took it was like our approach as as uh you know the guys came into deer camp we do an opener deer camp every year anywhere from three to five six guys sometimes you know it just depends on who can who can swing it we had a guy come up he was hunting montana he stayed at the house uh we ended up getting two deer uh my, my buddy dustin moss he slammed a really nice 10 pointer a nice nice five by five in full velvet i think that was his first first velvet buck uh so really stoked for him and and uh they had to get crafty with getting in on that deer um and then uh, and then uh, i had my buddy jared up as well and he'd never he, he's from pa uh, and he never seen anything like this he's never hunted at whitetail in this kind of uh environment so he was more just like, I just really want to see how the heck you do it up here. Like, how do you, you know, what is it like, you know? And it's just, he's mule deer hunted up in Southern, I think it was like more more Southern North Dakota or something like that before. And uh, um, so he knew what North Dakota, you know, was, but then he got here and he's like, oh, this is nothing like what I was hunting, you know, yeah. down in Southern North Dakota, it's a completely different place, you know? And so, um so anyways, you know, we, we got, we got to work and man, we struggled, <laughs> we struggled. Uh, um, we, uh, as a group, you know, we, there was a couple of spots that we seen, seen some good deer. Um, nothing that everybody was really getting fired up about, but one morning early on, uh, Jared and I were sitting in the same tree and, uh, more so just trying to get to know each other a little better. Never spoke on the phone and text and stuff a lot, you know, and, but, you know, just wanted to hang out together a little bit. So I sat with him and, and that's when the deer, he ends up killing, come in to 30 yards and, um, never presented a shot. Never, never, it was, it was, it was, it was just, a it was a funny situation. He did, he did what we didn't think he would do. Like he came in where we were hoping he'd come, but he, he went through a completely different area, almost made his own tracks. Like, you know, where we were, we were on a big, heavy trail. Mm-hmm. All the deer use the big heavy trail. And what does the big guy do? <laughs> he doesn't do anything that you, you wanted him to do. Right. So he slips away. And uh, for the next, like, we knew how big he was. We got a glimpse of him. And I was like, holy moly, dude, picket fence. Like, I am pretty certain I've never seen a bit that big of a velvet buck, you know, yeah. and, and from the tree stand. And so from that moment on, you know, he and I and, and uh, he and I just, we ended up covering 100 miles on the river between he and I in that boat and, and we had a couple other guys in it here and there, but we were, we were traveling the farthest to get to this, this area where this buck was. Yeah. And, and so I was like, well, let's, let's see if we can make it happen. What happens if I, if there's essentially like, you know, two options to try to kill this deer every time, you know, yeah. there, there wasn't, there always wasn't, you know, it was just one of us hunting him sometimes or whatever throughout the week. Cause the winds just weren't working, but we struggled. We didn't, you know, between the two of us, I think we went four days or three and a half days, not seeing a single deer, you okay. know, from the time we had. So we discovered that he, uh, that, that group of deer after that, that, that last morning of the last day, it was like evident that, ah, that he, they, we, we, we must've screwed up somewhere along the way. 
like we thought we were hunting perfectly flawlessly coming from the river, you know, using the wind perfectly. Entrance exit was very low impact. Doing everything that you think is perfect. Yeah. Well, it was evident that them deer had, had moved, you know, even all of them. Like there was like 10, 12 deer we saw that morning when we saw him. Not a single one at since. Kind of kind of weird, right? And yeah. uh, so we we got to looking at it. Uh, I was able to gain gain access to some to some private to just cross their land. I called the landowner and good thing. I know the brother of the owner and put in a good word for me and said, yeah, he's, he, you know, he's good. You can trust him. And we were able to just cross their property to get to the public that we needed to get to. Oh, that's and awesome. we scouted that. Yeah. We scouted that afternoon of his last night, uh, Jared's last night being here. And, uh, we found what we were looking for. Big, big, fresh tracks, big, fresh tracks out, out, out on a, uh, basically just a willow bar. Yeah. with a few trees on it and and so uh we also found uh we found two areas that we thought he could be in you know two separate areas from where we were really hunting and and uh it was just kind of the um one of those deals where all right what we just got to split up and see if see if we can have them pinned down here and and uh jared went in one area i went in the other and i just told him i said if, if you're gonna go into that piece that's like and he's never done this before. I said, you got to push in. I said, it's going to feel weird. I know, but go in there, man, go in there, scout, challenge yourself to figure out where the best spot to kill this deer is. Mm-hmm. Go in there, trust your gut, follow the tracks, read the sign, hang a, hang your tree and, and hang in your tree and, and kill him if he comes through. And he, he did, <laughs> he went in there, man. And I bet he was within 50 yards of that deer when that deer got up because he shot him at eight eight fifty or eight forty nine, and and last light was eight fifty nine, so okay. he shot him at the very last moment. Yeah, he didn't even know what he shot, you know, basically because it happened so quick. Yeah, he had a so quick did, glimpse, shot him. So I need to talk about it a little bit about the logistics here. You have mm-hmm. how, how many guys came up for camp opener this year? Yeah, uh, I think it was six guys plus the guy that was on Montana. Plus the guy who was hunting Montana. Okay, yep, so was, six yeah. guys at uh, six guys hunting North Dakota around. By yep, your, by we, your house. And we were spread out quite quite some ways. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were we were going all over the place. So meeting back in, at the house. Yeah. So yeah. for the guys who were not from North Dakota, right? You obviously have a ton of intel. You have uh, you know mm-hmm. history on specific deer. How did you like? Did you know some of these deer were in the area before the, you know, before they got there? So you could say to them, Hey, listen, good deer over here. Not sure where he's at though, no. but no, not this year. Yeah. No, I, I knew historically like from last year where the numbers were, mm-hmm. where, where maybe the, the good numbers, some younger, bu- you know, younger up and comer bucks or, or some big ones that lived. I knew that, but they had no confirmation of whether, you know, which ones were survived, you yeah. know, but we we most of the guys come up man and they're they're they they come up and they are pretty strict about how much help they want too you know it's you know they want to feel like they did something they don't want it just spoon fed you know and and so um and and some of the guys have been coming up for so long they got a really good feel for the area with me now you know just by just coming up so we it's it's uh, that's the best part man like the game planning and everybody coming up with their own ideas and then we figure out what the best scenario is for for each of us and sometimes it's just like you get up in the morning if you got a longer haul you're gone before everybody else and then you just start getting texts throughout the morning like yeah i ended up here 
you know, shooting yep. pins to PE people and like, and then you, that's, that's fun, man. I, I yeah. think it's just, it's a blast when you got all that opportunity for something cool to happen. And I think Camaraderie. that's probably, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and that's what it is, man. You just, uh, a deer, I never really been a part of deer camp. I never, I always heard of people doing deer camps, you know, in like, like Wisconsin and Minnesota and like all these places where people have their little hunting cabins and stuff like that. And I always thought that was one of the coolest things, man. I, I always wanted to have that. And we used to do something similar like that up here years, years ago where everybody was doing deer drives and you got together with everybody, you did deer drives all day, all weekend. And you had food at the end of the day or breakfast in the morning with everybody. And I just missed that. So I yeah. started, so I started, you know, seeing if there were certain guys and wanted to come up and, and would do that, you know, and, and have a little bit of a deer camp to start the year off. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just a lot of sweating and getting eaten by mosquitoes <laughs> and, and, and not, not having a lot of success, you know, but, um, everybody, everybody has a good time, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, it, it's just a blast, you know, and for the most part, it's just a bunch of guys doing guy stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay. So I think one of my original questions was water what where was the water uh, level at and obviously you guys you know you mentioned you put a a lot of miles on the boat so i take yeah. it the, the water levels uh benefited you this year well it uh it's, it was actually significantly tougher to navigate the river than it has been in, in past years our water our river level was extremely low okay so um so prior to them coming up uh, I had went out with my son and we charted, we charted the main channel of the river because it's about a third of the river is main channel. And the other two thirds of the river is sandbar or yeah. just barely any water in it. So you can't travel it with a boat. So you got to go out and mar- map it out and chart it and make sure you're, you're on the channel the whole way. And it basically it bounces across all yeah. the time, the main channel. So that's what I went out and found. And so do, with doing that, it took us, it took us like four or five four or five hours that day just to chart that, you know, figure out where the channel was to, to the, to the areas that I wanted to get to. But, um, as, and then as far as like, uh, everything is much wetter this year. Mm-hmm. Our, our the river went down and is low, but it went down late. Like we had a lot of water for quite some time. And so there was a lot of the areas we were hunting, which it benefits a guy if he's willing to just go out and walk and look and find tracks. Cause Man, when you got soft ground out there, <laughs> you, you can't hide a track, and tracks don't lie. Yeah. So when that track, when you find those tracks, you know you know you're in the right area. Yeah. And and sometimes it was just a few here and there, but if it was a big one, all right, you know, they might have just started using that area, and it hasn't become a big trail yet, but yeah. it will, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's kind of how we went about it, but we found that deer a half mile, a half mile from where we first seen him. Okay. And the rest and the rest of the deer. So it was that scenario. We literally found where they shifted to and there was all fresh tracks in the mud where we were looking and it was like, All right, this might be them. Let's let's hunt it, you know? And how many days went by from when you guys were in the stand together and you saw this buck to when he actually shot him, would you say a half a mile further up or down the river? I think it would have been right at three days three days okay so we had six full hunts six. i think it was six full hunts before we ended up figuring out where where they were okay. so seven yeah seven so 
it was it was a lot like i said it was a it was a slow three and a half days <laughs> yeah. it was you know like oh every, other guys coming back from, and we were getting shit from the guys like they were thinking we were sitting in the same tree stands and like you know like we like you guys are just pushing that a little too hard aren't you and it was like maybe <laughs> we might be maybe maybe we're being silly about it but you know i felt that i felt that we, we were going about it the right way and and Jared had had some great insight and 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 as well. Like it was it was fun to pick each other's brains and, and come up with ideas together and use what he knows, use what I know about about it. And and uh, you know he pointed out things that I wouldn't think about, you know, because he's from he's from a different area. And he was like, what about this? How, what happens with this? And and you're like, and you go, oh, you know what? I don't know. I never really thought about that. I never really yeah. thought about you know that angle of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, so. Uh, it was, it was really cool, man. And talk about, talk about just, you know, a great group of guys and Jared, like first time really hunting with him. We had a blast. We're, we're two high energy guys. Yeah. The rest of the crew in the morning are a little bit slow moving, you know, and we get up and we're, we're, we're ready to we're, go. Uh, we are fired up, dude. We are yeah. both like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Big bucks <laughs> wait. You know, like we couldn't wait to make, make that, you know, it was like an eight, not eight, nine mile trip each time on the boat one way and so it was it was an adventure and 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 uh yeah i know i know he, he enjoyed it and he he, he the first thing he said when he killed that deer was, i don't deserve this he's like he's like why didn't he come out by you like he's like i don't deserve this like he's like this is just ridiculous you know but it was awesome i know it i know it meant a lot to him you yeah. know it meant a lot to me see see the look on a guy's face and that's why you do it man yeah. it's just like He's never going to forget that. I'm never going to forget that. My dad was there. Yeah. You know, we got to show him how we do things, even as a family, right? Yeah. Took it up to my house, put it in the you know, took it into the cooler. We cut the ribs off. We cook them over a fire while we're doing that. Like, just got to see a little bit different. We showed him how we got, we got deer compared to what they do and, like, how we handle them, drag them. He never drug a deer out before by the horns, and he got to experience that, and and so just a lot of that type of thing that he got to see really what a different side to it all. Yeah. And he was like super thankful about that, you know? Yeah. So the buck adjusted. He, like, yeah. So you guys had that encounter with him, couldn't find him again, went scouting through that piece of private, you know, you, you were able to cut through yep. there, access some public, yep. found some tracks, could be, could have been him, could have been a different deer. Um, yeah, you moved, oh, I was hoping and praying it was another one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to, to not lie, I was like, oh, hopefully there's another one. <laughs> um, so, what do you think this deer was doing? Like, what, where was he bedding, and, and where was he going for food? No, it was weird. Every big deer we saw, because that morning that he killed, I had a big eight at 25 yards, and he slipped away. Right, each big buck this year was was with a doe just a a lone doe like for whatever reason it just seemed odd Hmm. and everyone just was like oh there's a doe with that just just with the buck and it was just odd not that there was any rutting obviously or anything like that going on but it was just strange i'd never seen that before if you see a big buck with a deer at this time of year it's generally like a little four corner or another little young buck you know and he'll kind of let that little guy go and probe the area and he'll hang back. And, yeah. and so it was just kind of strange, you know, that was one little thing that we, we, we noticed. 
you know, as a group. But then, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he had his back. And, and I mean, like he was covered on both sides because he was, he was covered by water on both sides. It was kind of like a little peninsula and uh, it was flawless, man. It was, it was just like a great, it was obviously not flawless, right? Because we got him. But um, when you really think about how, how he shifted and where he shifted to, it was like a perfect chess move. It was, it just, we just made another move that came back. That was like, nope, last second, last, last, last call, right? It was like, we made, we made an adjustment after, based off of what we were seeing. And it was, it was evident that like, they're not here. There's something up. We're missing something. Either they went deeper, deeper into this stuff that we're hunting and we're really not on them anymore. Or they shifted the other direction. I said, let's go check out that other direction. And Literally, we barely got on the riverbank, and it was like, oof. yeah, it was one of the biggest whitetail tracks I've ever seen. It was wow. massive. Wow! But the deer was only no, no older than five and a half. Guarantee you that it wasn't yeah. an old, old buck. You know? Yeah. yeah, man, that's awesome. So he he adjusted, and so he was in this little peninsula, thick yep. cover. He's coming out. Nasty. Yeah. So where was he going? To to like ag alfalfa alfalfa, alfalfa okay field. yep right. yep right. yep he was you know where we first encountered him he was at least eight eight nine hundred yards yeah you know from the fields way back in the stuff mm-hmm. and uh, you know and then this time he was you know at least five six hundred off of it as as you know as his path of travel yeah so it was it was it was something that like oh I said it's your last night man like if you're gonna go there. And I gave, I gave, I gave him uh, the choice. Cause I was, he was like, what do you think is, where do we need to be? Who needs to know to go where? And I said, I'll tell you what, man. I said, uh, I'm pretty confident in both of these spots, you know? And I said, you know, I'll just, I'll let you make the call. You know, I said, I'll let you make the call. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And he said, I don't know. I just got this weird feeling about that spot. We just checked out mm-hmm. and there was much less traffic. Really. There was much less deer traffic in that spot. And we hadn't hunted it at all, so yeah. it was a, it was a it was a risk one way or the other, and that deer obviously was a half mile the other way. Yeah. So when we first seen him, so it was all that taken into account, and he said, uh, "Well, I'll go over there." I said, "Under one condition, like don't settle outside, don't because it was warmer. It was like eighty two degrees that day, that yeah. final night." And I said, "Don't settle outside on the edge, like just don't do that, like." I'm just going to challenge you, like do something you've never done. Go in there, you know, follow the tracks, read the sign, go slow. The wind was blowing hard enough. Like if you get to a point where you just don't think you can go any farther then hang up, you know, figure out where you need to be. But I said, just go in there and see what happens, figure out, read the sign and just see if you can put yourself in the right spot, you know? And he was like, all right, man. He's like, I'm down, I'm down. I've never done it before, but I'm going to sure I'm going to give her my best, you know? And, you know, he went in there and when we went in to get that deer after he shot it, I was like, perfect. I was like, look at this, man. I was like, I was like, this, this is where I would have been. Like, this is what I would have done. Like, and he's like, well, I learned some shit this week. (laughs) (laughs) So so I was happy for him. I'm glad I don't, like I said, I I want guys to be able to feel like they did something right. Yeah. Want to just like here and run the whole show and like put them everywhere and like, you know, I, you know, and I don't, most of them don't want that anyways. And, and I just try to encourage that part of it of like, just go out and make some mistakes, man. Like, mm-hmm. 
you know, that's, that's the only way we get better, you know? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the, the last question I have for you is, uh, okay. So your buddy came in, he smoked a giant. Uh, Are there Mm -hmm. any giants left in, uh, North Dakota for Lucas? Oh yeah. 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 That one I had that, that got a bone to pick with that one that slipped away from me that morning. So we should, we could have, we nearly doubled up, right. I almost got that one. You know, it was the instance where you see the deer coming and you almost go, all right, here, here he comes. Yeah. I, I got him, you know, yeah. and uh, I'll send I'll send you a little video clip afterwards. But uh, of what of what he is. And he's a deer that was alive last year. I knew of him last year and he was a four and a half year old and um, wasn't ready to die. You know, not by my not by my arrow, but if, if somebody else wanted him, by, you know, by all means. But um, he, he I recognized him right away and I go, all right. Let, let's go you know like and it's it's the oddest thing like i came out of the woods that morning smiling ear to ear even though i wasn't successful like yeah. i didn't get them like yeah. but first thing i did when i picked up jared was go i'm on one dude yeah. i'm on one we get, get the we get the we get to go at it you know like i get to keep hunting you know yeah. so Heck yeah man that's awesome so uh what is the goal for the rest of the season then man well um hopefully hopefully we catch up with with that deer or anything else that pops up along the way um got some got some other got some other stuff planned uh uh that uh i'm gonna be doing some stuff out of state um might try to make it to wisconsin uh mm-hmm. miss minnesota and south dakota is always an option yep. um so um Got a lot of coaching to do. Just started flag football up, so yeah. you know you know that too. You you, yep. you do all of it as well. So we we'll be uh be really busy. Got daughter and both daughters in volleyball, so we'll be just getting out when a guy can. You yep. know that's but, a fact. But uh, you know it'll be good. It'll be good, man. I'm excited. You know, um, it's the, the struggle. The struggle is always welcome for me, anyways. You know, I just. I, it makes me it makes me get out there and expand expand. I don't know every little spot of these river bottoms by hand yet, you know, by the back of my hand. So I get to go and explore some new areas and whatnot, just to try to try to find a little bit more to chase, and then I'll do it, you know. So yeah, it'll, it'll, it's gonna be good though. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm sending good vibes your way, man. Hopefully you slay this uh, this fall, and uh, man, uh, it's a pleasure talking with you as always. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Hey, it's always, always a great time coming on, dude. I appreciate it. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books, huge shout out to Lucas, huge shout out to each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to download. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review or wherever you download your podcast. Follow me on Instagram. That'd be nice. I I'm really not on Facebook anymore. Uh, and it's that time of year where if you haven't checked your tree stand cables and straps and your safety harness and all of your gear to make sure it's shooting well, to make sure it's safe, to make sure it's functional, to make sure, uh, you know, your boots aren't going to get your feet wet or you're going to get a blister. Make sure you have all of that stuff rocked and ready to go. Cause if you're not already hunting, opening day is coming very soon. And uh, I'm sending good vibes to all of you. Hopefully, all of you have the success that you need, uh, that you want this upcoming year. So good vibes in, good vibes out.
And if you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. We'll talk to you next time.